the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. We are back and I am super excited for season two of Leadership Lessons, uh, a podcast for church leaders like you and me to grow in our leadership, to help people, to fulfill the calling that God has given us. Man, a season has come to an end. We've already completed one season and now I'm working hard to bring you season two. And what a season is, is 24 episodes that will try to encourage and try to equip you to do the things God has called you to do as a church leader in your community. And this is not only a podcast, but I also record all this content via video. That's why you may see me uh, actually put my eyes down and look at my notes. I want to be able to be focused and bring the content to you. Uh, Most of you are probably listening, but I also want to have videos available for your team, uh, for you to re-watch them. Some of you actually focus more when I'm looking you in the eyes. Uh, And so I have recorded all of this content that you're about to listen to or watch uh, on video as well. Um, And so really excited to bring that to you. You can get all of these videos and audio at www.eeleaders.com. You can also get things on the website um, where this is going to be posted. Uh, Books of the month, recommended books, some blog stuff, uh, other video content as well. And you can follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook. The handle is EE Leaders. And on Twitter, it's EE Church Leaders. And so I'll try to uh, put leadership quotes up. You'll get episodes, uh, reminders, and just cool stuff throughout the season on social, on the website. And most of all, I'm just glad that you're actually listening right now. Uh, It is truly an honor to have you in our community to be listening to this podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for the response that I had on season one, just being able to try to experiment, to learn, to grow. And I thought the content that I was learning would be good to bring to you. And so from your feedback, from all that different stuff, just super encouraged how uh, God has led me to do another season. And I'm excited for it. Uh, Really, one of the reasons why I started this whole podcast is was just for me to learn, to grow, to mature. Uh, I found myself having amazing uh, conversations and I just in my mind was thinking man I wish this could be recorded I wish I could share this with the leaders in my church with my friends with other people that um, are involved in ministry and so I was like well why can't I do that I'm gonna set up a video camera uh, I'm gonna pass on some things that other people have taught me to you um, and just went for it and super excited how uh, things have been going and how I've personally grown um, as a leader by just learning from others. Uh, God has really blessed me by giving me uh, opportunities to speak to so many amazing leaders from all walks of life, um, all different denominations, backgrounds. And so I knew from the very very start of this podcast that I didn't want to do it alone. This is not Leadership Lessons all by Daniel Williams. I am hosting it because God has blessed me with many people that I can learn from. And so I just really wanted to be a connector to connect you to them, to be able to learn from them. And so uh, this year is no different. Um, We have some incredible guests on this season. Um, I made more space for guest lessons, more space for interviews, and more space uh, to continue to 
do one piece of advice videos. And so just to give you a spectrum of who's all gonna be on here, some of these names you may have heard of, others you may not. I focused a lot on community leaders in our area because I believe God is at work in South Florida and he is doing incredible things from amazing people. And so um, I have a few church planner friends like AJ at West Palm Beach or uh, David Baldwin down in Boca. Um, I also have regional friends from the West Coast, uh, people like Daniel Fusco from Vancouver, Washington, uh, Thane Ringler from Los Angeles. Um, I went outside of the States. I also went foreign. Uh, I interviewed a guy. Uh, he did one piece of advice. Alex, he's a church planner from Colombia. Um, Esteban, the church planner we support from Madrid. I not only went with senior pastors and church planners, but I also got some youth pastors, some associates, some campus pastors in here. Uh, I have a buddy that I grew up with. He's serving the Lord now. He's in North Carolina, Herb Hartso. He's a youth pastor. I found uh, Ron Sanchez, Jason Sanchez's dad. He's in Milwaukee, actually a retired pastor to give us wisdom with one piece of advice. Uh, Cody King from Colorado, Mike Lawrence from Calvary Chapel, Port St. Lucie, even people in our own area like Vince Putman in Delray. Um, some guest lessons, I got Brian Saylor from Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, Kevin Saxon from the Family Church, Glenn Schaefer serving in um, Oklahoma. Um, I have my friend again, um, Ben Corson. I have Bill Mitchell, uh, church planner Dan Grittner, our very own people from Delray Beach, Casey Cleveland, to John Panico, to Rodney Wilkerson from the Gospel Fellowship. Uh, I interview a few friends like my friend Ron Jones over at Coastal Chapel in Lake Worth, Florida. Uh, David Shamil at Christ Fellowship, Kelly, shout out to campus pastors. I got those two guys that are just amazing at developing people and teams uh, to share in this podcast. My friend over on the, the west coast of Florida, uh, Pilgrim Benham, uh, talking about leadership development and um, just all sorts of people. I don't know if you've got overwhelmed or even know some of these people, but man, I'm just super looking forward to it. People that I've even been pouring into that are planning churches like Will Torres or uh, people that are really close to me like my dad, Joe Williams, be interviewing them. And I just love all the diversity on this podcast, all the diversity that's in the body of Christ, that we are one. We have people uh, from pastoring thousands to uh, dozens. We have big churches, small churches, churches, uh, leaders from the U.S., from outside the U.S from different denominations, different races, senior pastors, church planners, campus pastors, youth pastors, retired pastors. The, the diversity is great and it's glorious. And this is the beautiful thing. When it's not just me, I get to connect you to the body of Christ, to many church leaders. And I know that some of them, they're just going to resonate with you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to equip you. They're going to make you a better leader because I think not one of us is as good as all of us. And that's one lesson that I've learned is I've come to do this podcast, just how grateful I am for the body of Christ, how diverse it is, and how I can grow from many people that are like me, but are not like me. Um, we are one in Christ, and there is really a blessing in being unified um, and being um, having Jesus our head and just to grow in humility. And so um, today, I'm actually going to do a the lesson. Uh, thank you so much for listening to me. I know I can get excited about all this different stuff, but listen, I'm just going to straight up give you a Bible study. Uh, I want I want to encourage you and equip you. And I don't know the best. I don't know a greater way uh, to do that than to just take time to let you see some principles from God's Word of how you can grow as a church leader. And so today, I want to talk to you about the blessing 
of unity, the blessings of unity. Uh, and I want to sort of take the text from Psalm 133. This is a very familiar passage. When a lot of our pastor friends get together or you go to a pastor meeting or different diverse groups come together under uh, the umbrella of God's kingdom and Jesus, man, this passage gets brought up. And so I want to encourage you through it. Uh, you may or may not know it, but I'll just read it and then we'll we'll just talk a little bit about it, about the blessings of being unified under Christ. Um, Psalm 133 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Now, let me just give you some context real quick of this psalm. This is a part of the Songs of Ascent. Uh, psalm 120 through 134, there are 15 psalms that the Jewish people would actually sing as they make the pilgrimage up to Jerusalem to celebrate all these amazing feasts that God took uh, put in place for his people. God wanted them to celebrate his grace. He still wants us to celebrate his grace, his goodness in our lives. And so they would sing these songs to be reminded of important truths. These 15 psalms, these songs of ascent, uh, God would want them to be on the same page, thinking the same thing. So you would have people from the tribe of Dan and, and Judah, Asher, Gad, um, Benjamins. Um, they would be from all these different tribes coming up to Jerusalem, but God wanted them unified. And so uh, God wanted to remind them that they were one nation. They were Israel. And so they would sing these songs of truth to be unified. They would get their, their unity and their vision, their authority through God's word uh, to remember certain truths. And as they were coming together, God wanted to remember uh, them to remember this truth. Unity is important. Unity is important. Uh, it, it, it's, it starts off, the psalm says, behold. Uh, that word has a, a commanding idea like, hey, take note, be aware of, uh, take notice. This is, this is important. This is a declaration that God wants us to pay attention to. The, the psalmist is describing a biblical truth that he wants these people to be reminded of. Hey, Unity is a good thing. It's pleasant. God wants this for us. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And he gives two examples of this truth of, of how unity is good for us, how it benefits you and I as church leaders to walk in unity with other brothers and sisters. That may be a part of a different tribe, but we have to understand we're a part of God's people, his one big family. And it says it's like this unity is like precious oil in the head running down the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. What he's saying is unity, it gives us strength. If you walk in unity with other brothers and sisters in Christ, you're going to walk in strength. Unity is a precious commodity, meaning it's worth a lot. It's valuable. It works for you. He says it's like precious oil. You probably remember the, the passage in Luke 7 where uh, the woman washes Jesus' feet with precious oil. And his disciples are like, hey, what are you doing? Like that, you know, Judas, the snitch, uh, stingy one was like, hey, we could have we could have uh, sold that to the poor. And that was a very expensive thing. Um, but we recognize that precious oil is a valuable commodity. And this lady worshiped Jesus with this precious oil. It was an expensive thing. And the psalmist is trying to, to illustrate, to give us a picture and say, hey, when you walk in unity, it's a precious thing. It's valuable. It could be, it's worth something. It can actually accomplish something. And when you walk in unity, it can give you strength. 
Many times God would anoint a king or anoint his people with oil, something precious, something worth. You remember David, the great king in 1 Samuel chapter 16, Samuel anointed his head with oil. And oil would be this outward sign. It would be something that people can see and smell. And it would be this outward sign of God's strength to represent his spirit. His power is upon that person's life. And so when we walk in unity, this psalmist is saying it's like precious oil in the head running down the beard. People could see it. They could smell it. It's running down your mouth, your collar. It's just this beautiful fragrance that brings forth the power of God. And the psalmist is saying unity is like that. It blesses us, our whole bodies, and gives us strength to do the work for God. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one, because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how? Can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A three-fourth cold is not quickly broken. You probably don't need me to tell you this, but two are better than one. We are better together. Walking in unity actually helps us walk in God's ways. And this is why Hebrews 10, 24-25 says, Don't neglect the fellowship of the brethren to stay in unity to so we can stir one another up in good works that we are to be in fellowship unity affects our whole lives and when we dwell in unity people notice it jesus would say in the sermon on mount you're like salt and light when you walk in good works and you're doing this together it makes a powerful statement and it and people see that strength and they glorify god the father be reminded that when we walk in unity, one of the blessings is that people see God. They see His hands and His feet in this earth, salt and light, demonstrating His goodness. They see our good works and we have power in that. Unity gives us strength. But the second thing it gives us is life. It's like dew of Haran, which falls on the mountain of Zion. Uh, Herman, sorry. Herman is referring to this great big mountain back then in the day. Uh, we can imagine mountains. We live in Florida, at least I do, and I sometimes have to pretend what mountains look like. Uh, there's a whole bunch of clouds, and um, I just, oh, look, that sort of looks like a mountain. But I grew up in Washington State, and we had Mount Rainier. We had uh, a lot of mountains, peninsulas, and this mountains are beautiful. They're, they're big, they're solid, they're, they're strength. And, and the crazy thing is they go up high. Um, it snows on the mountains, it gets high in the mountain. But it can, mountains can elevate even higher than the clouds. I don't know if you've ever seen that, where the, the top of the mountain and there's clouds below. Uh, because it, it can go to 3,000, 4,000, 7,000, 10,000 feet elevation. And so what it's saying is oftentimes cloud water clouds are actually a, below the tip of the mountain. But there's something amazing in our atmosphere that it brings forth dew that high. Uh, dew comes and gives the mountain water. It's this magical thing uh, where you go to sleep, you wake up, and then there's dew. I don't know if you've ever been camping, but many times in the Northwest, you'd go camping, and not even on a mountain, like on a hill, you'd go in your sleeping bag, and then you wake up, and your whole tent is sort of like just wet, just drenched. It didn't really rain. You were above the, the clouds, but yet there is this dew because of the elevation. 
And this is what the psalmist is trying to say. Unity is like that. It's like magical. A blessing appears and it just gives life. As dew gum comes to the ground and sustains life and nutrition for the earth, so God's blessing comes when you walk in unity. It gives you life and nutrition for your soul. Uh, Dew is this natural nutrition to the ground that brings life and so is unity to us as we serve God. Psalm 19.2, or Proverbs 19.2 says, A king's wrath is like the growling of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. Did you know that King Jesus, our King, gives us favor, gives us grace when we are walking in unity with one another? It is life-giving. Unity uh, is life-giving to our souls. It brings health and produces fruit. And this is why the Bible tells us to strive in unity, to strive in peace, that we are to walk in God's ways. Romans 12, 8 says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Strive for peace with everyone. Now remember, David is declaring this. He's saying, hey, this is a fact. Behold, take notice. These things are important. You can have life. You can have strength when you dwell in unity. Whether you accept this or not, it's true. Unity is a powerful thing. Unity is a powerful thing. And we can be unified in the body of Christ, but we can also be unified in many other things. And God commands, He gives a blessing to those that walk in unity. Now, to give you an example of this, I want you to think of a passage in Genesis chapter 11. Uh, Of course, you probably don't know the reference right now, but it's the Tower of Babel. Uh, You may have heard the story. In Genesis 11, it says, Now the the earth, the whole earth, had one language and had the same words. Uh, They decided to build a tower to make a name for themselves. Now, obviously, we know that wasn't a good thing. They were supposed to give glory to God and build His name up. But they wanted to make a name for themselves. Um, And so because they were unified, they actually had great success. Even though there was a bad thing, they, they shouldn't have been doing this. God noticed and and said this about it in verses 5 and 6 of that chapter. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower, what these people were doing, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. This is God declaring this truth. He's saying, Hey, Even though they're doing the wrong thing, they're having life and strength because they are unified. They're actually building this tower for their own namesake. And you know what? They're going to accomplish it. They're going to do great things. Nothing says that they can propose to do will be impossible for them because they are unified. That is the power of unity. And so God even himself recognizes the power of unity. He says that they can accomplish through it. And then he ends up breaking that unity and giving them a different language. Babel, different words. They were all babbling, right? Uh, And so God recognizes the power of unity. And I believe that you and I should recognize this power. That God wants to use this power of unity and this blessing that he commands, he gives to those that walk in unity, that we as believers, as Christ followers, should be also unified with one another so we can receive this grace that God gives as a supernatural principle for His glory. A great way to be unified or something that we see in the Bible as well, uh, the power of unity, was in Acts chapter 1. Now, Acts chapter 1 is another story, the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 1 verses 14, it says, And these were 
one accord, uh, devoting themselves to prayer together with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. There was a group of people that were unified. Uh, I think the text goes on and says there were about 120 of them. They were unified. They were praying. They were, they were waiting. Jesus had told his disciples, hey, wait for 10 days. Uh, we'll wait. Um, pray. Be unified. And it says that they were like-minded. They were one. They were, they were unified. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, um, that was 10 days later than this command, they were all together in one place. And God began to bless their unity and gave them a different language to speak to reach people, to speak in tongues, this different language, to reach people. In verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak to, in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And people noticed this blessing that God was giving these people. Peter began to preach the gospel and, and gives this whole message about how the Spirit of God is alive and how He's doing this great work and, and, and being able to share the gospel that Jesus is King and He died for our sins, He rose again, and, and they could be saved in Him. And in verse 41 it says, So those who received His word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And so we see God used unity to save these people and to bring Him glory. They were unified in prayer. God blessed them with this gift of speaking in tongues, proclaiming His gospel to many different people in many different languages. And then Peter preaches the gospel and people get saved. Now, this is beautiful because unity does not mean uniformity. They were all speaking different languages, but they were all unified in glorifying God. I love that we can have our own unique language, our own unique heritage, our tribe, but yet we are one in Christ. We all have the same message, the same Lord. Even Israel, there were 12 tribes, but they would sing this psalm to go up. Uh, they had their own families, their own tribes, their own languages, but they could still be unified. They didn't have to conform to be uh, this, like this tribe or like that tribe or speak this language or this value or this family, but they were unified. And so the psalmist reminds us, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. God commands a blessing when we live in unity and wants us to be unified. Uh, one last passage. It's a little longer, but I think it's important for us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, Paul really tells us to be eager to maintain unity. Now, of course, we see this in the tribe of Israel in Psalm 133. We see the exhortation and the examples, how you can use unity for the good or the bad. But I think specifically as church leaders, we need to bring this up to strive towards peace, to strive towards unity, to basically uh, be humble and understand that God wants us to walk in love, uh, to be one. This podcast wouldn't exist if I didn't have uh, unity, if I didn't have uh, humility to learn from other tribes, uh, from other people, races, uh, positions than me. But the beautiful thing is, is because I recognize that we are all one in the Lord, I can learn, I can grow, and God really can bless uh, and pour out His favor upon this specific project because we all are coming together to worship Him, to become better, to do the things that God has called us to do. We don't believe that we have to be just like everyone else, but we could learn from one another and we could be unified so the mission of God can go out so we could bring Him glory in our context, in our community, and in our church. And so Paul tells us to, to eagerly maintain this unity, to, to be eager to do this. I want to encourage you, church leader, be eager to maintain unity in the body of Christ. 
Let us learn from one another. Let us grow uh, and, and develop and serve the Lord with other believers. And so Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace has been, uh, was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Here's the deal. Paul wants us to know that we all have a calling and wants us to walk worthy of that calling. One of the things that I mention up for every podcast is I pray that you know the things that God's called you to do because there's nothing better than doing what God's called you to do. We're to worship Him with the unique calling, the gifting, the life that He has given us to steward that well. It is a beautiful act of worship. And out of that worship, out of God ministering in us, He's able to minister through us. And we're able to bring Him glory and proclaim His goodness to the world. Share the gospel in these things. And so... Um, Paul wants us to know that we have a unique calling and we should walk worthy of that calling. For some of us, that means we're an assistant pastor or maybe we're a church planner and don't have things established. Maybe we just are, are really uh, an evangelist or, or a mom or, or maybe uh, we're a deacon or, or just really a key volunteer in our church. Whatever that calling is, we don't need to judge one another. We just need to accept what God has given us. We need to pray and ask God what He desires for us to do and to do that well. And we want to walk worthy of this calling because of the love that God has for us. Not to earn God's love, but because He loved us. This is why in the beginning of the section it says, Therefore. Now you know many of Paul's books. It first starts with the gospel and who God is and, it, and theology, the study of God. And then it gives a break and says, Therefore, because of all this, do this. We fulfill our calling and do all these good works uh, because we love God. Because He saved us. Because this is worship. We don't do all this stuff because He needs us to do it. We don't do all this stuff because we're trying to earn His love. God loves us in all of our imperfections, in all of our sin. While he, we were still enemies, He died for us. He cares for us. And because of this love that touches our hearts, we want to respond back in love and serve Jesus. Whatever He's called us to do, whether it's word or in deed, and everything we do, we could bring glory to Him. And so Paul says, whatever you do, do it in humility, in gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. First Corinthians tells us that, listen, we could do so many different things, but if we don't do it in love, it's just like a clanging symbol. It doesn't really even matter. I, I, could, have the, I could have prophetic words, but if I'm not doing it with the heart and a posture of love and obedience to the Lord and to serve you, then what's the point? It's worth nothing. We don't gain anything by doing these good works, but we can gain something by just loving Jesus and worshiping Him. And so when it comes to our calling, our gifts, uh, we get so focused on the gifts, but Paul said in this passage, well, you, these gifts are just by grace. Whatever God has given, uh, they're by grace. Each one according to the measure of Christ's gifts, Paul says. And so God wants us to do things in unity, knowing that it isn't all about us, it's about Him. And He has other servants. 
Many times we get so discouraged because we make it all about us and our gifting and we forget that there are other people, there's other people that are serving the Lord. Elijah is a great example. He got so depressed and said, woe is me, because he thought it was just him. But then the Lord sort of firmly and correctly just rebuked him, encouraged him and said, hey, I have many servants that you may not even know about. You're not alone. And see, we're not alone. We're, we're sometimes so busy, we feel alone because we're, we're working all of our time and, and the, 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 the people that are in our lives or our church calendars and, and just sort of our little bubble or our little tribe. But the reality is God would say that there are many children in this world. There are many tribes. There are many uh, local congregations that are God-glorifying uh, God, that are gospel-centered, that are great, growing, amazing, incredible people. And we, He wants us to know that we're not alone, that He loves us, that He serves us, that He cares for us, but yet He cares for the whole world. He cares for His whole bride as well. And so this is why in verse 3 it says, Be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. It isn't just about our gifts, our church, our membership, but it's about our love. Faith, hope, and love, and love is the greatest of these things. Love will remain and it's more than just our gifts. Many times we get in so many arguments because we see things differently. But the Lord would say, hey, come together where you can. I love in our area personally how God is working in our area uh, with things just like Love Delray where we have many um, churches coming together. There's about six to eight churches with a couple of rotary clubs and community people involved that aren't even believers. We're all coming together to faithfully just love our city and do good works. Uh, we have community prayer nights and we've seen partnerships in our area where one church is renting space from another church in their building and, and it's just so cool. I think about how uh, Calvary Chapel Fort Lauderdale has hired Dr. Gage, a Presbyterian pastor uh, from a, in a Presbyterian church to teach seminary classes to um, their staff. We're partnering together to do great things. I love how God has used Church United to bring us together in community just to connect, to collaborate, to celebrate. God is blessing uh, the people that I know that are coming together, being unified in the ways that they can. That we believe that Jesus is the Lord of all, that He is God, that He uh, came from a virgin birth, that He came according to Scriptures, died according to Scriptures for our sin, that He rose again and He will come back. Do we have disagreements on other fundamental uh, things? Absolutely. But we call those secondary issues. And the primary issues were coming together so that way we can bring faith, hope, and love into our area. And we're being unified on the major things, not the minor things. And God is blessing this work. And we're having freedom to be ourselves, but yet also come together in partnership. And there's great blessing in this unity. And this is why Paul says in verses 4 through 6 of this passage, hey, we all serve Jesus. There's one Lord. There's one baptism. Yes, we all may be different. We have different backgrounds, different talents, but our worship is the same. We're worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and God uh, was the one that gave us these different gifts. And so we shouldn't let our differences separate us, but come under God and love and strive towards unity. And so Psalm 133, just to bring it to a close and wrap it all up, God wanted His people to sing this, to have it be in their hearts and coming from their lips and walking towards the same goal. Psalm 133 in the Psalms of Ascends to remind them of this beautiful truth that behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Did the Israelites have their differences? Of course, but they were one in the Lord. 
Do you and I have our differences? Of course. But yet you and I are one in the Lord. And so when we walk in unity, the Lord commands a blessing. How do we do this? Well, just like the Israelites did it back then. We submit to the word of God and come under his authority. They were singing God's truth, God's word. They let Jesus be the head of the church. They let Jesus be the head of their tribe, ahead of the nation, ahead of their lives. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. The way that we're able to come and be unified is under Jesus as the headship, living for him and his word and bringing him glory. It's when we come under God's prophetic word, having it come forth from our from our mouth, singing and encouraging one another, exhorting one another to follow Him is where God will give us unity and blessing. We're told to love Him and to love one another. And my prayer is for us as we walk in unity of the Spirit that we would be one in Christ and that He would pour out His blessing upon us. There's blessings when we walk in unity. Well, I'm so blessed and encouraged by all the work that God is doing through many different tribes. And, uh, you know, in this one piece of advice, it's a series where we come and I've asked many people to just give a piece of advice. It's not the, uh, they get really nervous because they want to do like three, four, five different things. I just say, hey, give a, it's give one piece of advice to a church leader, a church planner, someone serving in the Lord. What would that look like? Uh, what would you want to impart and pass on? This person, Jim Campbell, uh, is going to be talking about sharing uh, uh, sharing about love. And Jim in Virginia came to our church, Redemption Church, Delray Beach, for about two years. He was a retired Pentecostal pastor and uh, just loved having him be a part of our body until the Lord moved him on to a different call to serve another church. And um, it was just so great to see them as retired ministers uh, continually live out uh, their calling, uh, pour into the people in our church. And so I just asked Jim, hey, share some wisdom, something that maybe you've learned since you've gone through so many years. What, what, what would you want to impart to us? And it's by no surprise that he would share about love and unity. And so this is Jim Campbell's one piece of advice. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hello, I'm Jim Campbell, and I want to share a piece of advice to you. Daniel has asked me to do that. And the Lord uh, gave me a thought the other day. We were talking uh, in the point uh, of uh, this came into my mind. And that is that uh, the kingdom of God needs to stop judging and start loving. Um, we judge when, when we say that your hair has to be a certain length. We judge when we say that you've got to really struggle and try to not stand, sin. And if you do, I'm going to tell others about it. We judge in so many different ways and so many, uh, with so many different people and denominations and churches. Why don't we just stop all that? You say, well, how can you? Well, you can do it through the help of the Holy Spirit. Stop all that. Stop judging. Start loving. Can you imagine what the world would be like if every 
human being on the earth stopped judging and started loving. Well, this is just the beginning of season two. Uh, in the next episode, we're actually going to talk about comparison. Uh, we don't want to compare. It's a problem. It brings forth a lot of bad fruit. And I had a, a great young leader, Brian Saylor from Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, uh, sharing about this. He's the, the young adults pastor of uh, that ministry there, the harbor. Just an, a great, amazing, incredible young leader. Uh, he's going to share about the dangers of comparison and how we are to live in unity. And so the great thing is, usually we're going to drop an episode every single week uh, for the next you know, 20 weeks uh, to get through this season. But this week, I'm dropping three at a time. So this episode is literally available right now. I'm excited for you to enjoy it. Just go ahead and hit episode two. You don't have to wait another week. It's released today as well. And I just want to thank you so much for joining me on this venture, this journey, season two of Leadership Lessons. I'm your host, Daniel Williams, and I'm excited to go through this process of learning with you. Thanks for being a part of this community. I hope that these episodes bless you, and I'm just excited to grow with you in these few short months. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at EE Leaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it would encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.